May 30th, 2019, is the Watt for Pedro show.
For Pedro Show, hey brother Matt. Yeah, how's it? Man, that's kind of gray, huh? Yeah, we got the May gray that's leading May into gray. some June gloom. That's some right. Extended winter. Yeah, and uh, we've been spared some swelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot. And in fact, last week, or the beginning of this week, some wetness. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. But it's starting to hint. It's starting to hint. It's trying to bust out. Okay, trying to bust out. <laughs> and you got a big sewer project coming. <laughs> Huge. It'll be a couple weeks, right? We got we got clean water coming. Yeah, these guys, what? <laughs> 1938. 38, a lot of chunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Passed a lot of chunk. <laughs> Brother Matt, we're not alone because through the magic of Skype, those engineers in Estonia with their great invention, we got uh, Joe Cardamona via Skype. Welcome. Where are you at, Joe? Echo Park? I'm in Highland Park. Highland Born and raised. Cool. Yeah. I was right on the park part, wrong on the other yeah. park. Close, close. <laughs> close. And uh, we started the show off with Bye Bye Blackbird, which was the last tour John Coltrane did with Miles Davis in 1960, Europe. And then we had Irate Amputee, Joe Cardamone. That's right. Joe, your earliest yeah. musical recollection, please. Um, I would probably, it would probably have to be like my mom singing 
uh, Irish eyes or something like that to me as a child, you know. But as far as music outside of the house, um, you know, probably the Beatles, man. You know, my, my parents both grew up in the 60s, so that was kind of, uh, that was my nursery rhymes. And you growing up, Joe, where? Los Angeles, East LA, Highland Park, where I, where I still live, really. But uh, yeah, East LA is is where you I was call uh, Highland reared. Park, East LA. Yeah. Well, that's close. Yeah. yeah. Little, I mean, a little bit you north. Know, it's Northeast LA if you want to yeah. get technical with it. But uh, we still we still think of ourselves as East LA over here because in Pedro, <clears throat> well, we're all ignorant and stupid anyway. Mm. But <laughs> we try to learn. We we think of Boyle Heights for some reason. You know, Boyle Heights is like the deep East LA. Okay. You know, okay. it is. But El Sereno, all all that shit, man. It's all East LA. God, I was just there to of, get a picture taken. It was my first part, El Sereno. Yeah, it's, it's a trippy. What do you think? It's a crazy. It's a crazy area. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a yeah, trip yeah, out it's there. It's not a good mix. It does. I mean, it's families. You know yeah, what I mean? Nice to mm-hmm. Pedro in some ways. We got we got. Yeah, it's like a real community. Oh, I, I know it. I used to work in Pedro. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I used to. I used to work at Recess Records when I was a young buck. Oh man, cool. That's right. That's oh, right. Man, when I was so like you had a hike. Eighteen years old. Well, you know he's got a pad now on the left. The Pacific it used to be Ramona Bakery. Whoa, and, nice. Uh, Craig Ibarra is doing his uh, Water Under the Bridge out of there now. In the yeah, that's cool. Soon oh, shit. Be, Joe, soon he's uh, Todd's get, trying to get this open for gigs. Really? That'd yeah. be cool. That'd be cool. Sardine bar, right, brother? Yes, yeah. That's so, what it says in the window. So that's bitching oh, yeah. living in the same <laughs> town you grew up in. That's that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I did that, too. Yeah. So My your folks are still your here. Pop, you know what listeners. I mean? They're listening to Beatles. They got a good record collection. Yeah, Did they have any collection. instruments in the pad? Yeah, my dad had uh, my dad played drums and played guitar and kind of kind of touched everything a little bit. And uh, I remember him playing around the house, and he pretty much played up until the time I was about eight or nine. Until he got he was a he was a a teamster, you know, uh, sure. know in the union, <laughs> and he played some someone. Someone, uh, he also did craft service for the movies, you know, and yeah. someone dropped a giant pane of glass, the guy that was spotting him, and cut three of his fingers all the way off. Oh, fuck. Yes. And they sewed him back on. Yeah. But it was never quite the same. Yeah. And he kind of put, you know, I didn't see him play as much after that. So for early childhood, I saw some, a, a lot of playing, and then maybe after that accident, he didn't really play as much. Sure. Joe, was yeah. there a drum set in the pad? No, okay. no, no way. But, Just a nylon acoustic. That was okay. the only thing laying around. So that's the first thing you picked up and started? For sure. Did he show you For stuff? Sure. He showed me, yeah, he did. He showed me a few things, but he was weird, man. He was not really, uh, he never pushed it on me or even really encouraged it. He wanted, I think in, in hindsight, he wanted me to want it for myself so he never really was like never gave me roadmaps you know he was always kind of like he knew i'd figure it out if i needed to do it what about school were you in the band or the choir or the marching no i I was ejected from music class honestly they (laughs) they kicked they kicked me out um 
but there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of I went to Catholic school. There wasn't a lot of arts in Catholic school, really. Okay. Uh, there's know? choir though, right? Not even. Corral, there was no choir Corral. at my school. I mean, <laughs> each it was a small school, so there was like thirty kids to a class or whatever, you know. So there was, you know, they barely had a basketball team. So the, your first playing then is with that acoustic guitar. For sure, yeah. Play, playing on that, and very soon after that, saving up cash from serving funerals as an altar boy <laughs> to buy oh, my own. That's the bonus bucks. <laughs> Did you buy an electric guitar? Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, man. Like, I was I wanted a Les Paul, right? Because this is like what nineteen eighty eight or some shit like that. Right. And one day, the neighbors across the street had a garage sale, and they had like a Seville Les Paul copy. And to me, it was the same thing. You know, yeah. I had no fuck. I was like, there it is. And I went over there, talked them down got 40 bucks together and they gave me the guitar but it didn't work at all and it, oh. they told me that and it took me i think four months to keep saving and i would buy piece by piece until the fucking thing worked so i had it for like six months before i could even play it and, <laughs> and then finally you know what i mean sure. finally, what, what it was like, I am? uh my parents stereo yeah I couldn't afford an amp. Sure, sure. Sure, sure. Can you remember the first record you bought for yourself, Joe? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, w it, it was two records in one day. Like, my parents bought me records and shit. Like, like they bought me, uh, you know, Michael Jackson Thriller and stuff like that. But the first one, I, they, I got a gift certificate for Christmas. Yeah. And I remember the week before Appetite for Destruction had come out, yeah. I bought that. And I bought Tons Young MC. Poses, right? mm. Yep. And I bought Young MC the same day. I bought both those records. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And what about the first gig you went and saw? Uh, also Guns N' Roses. Whoa. At the, at, yeah. Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and Motorhead at uh, Coliseum. <laughs> it was nuts. It was like, whoa, what the fuck? And that's your first gig. How old? That was... Uh, seventh grade. So, however old you are in seventh grade, yeah, a child. <laughs> my dad went with us. You know what I mean? It was that sure, kind of sure. shit. Like my first gig was T Rex with D Boone, and his pop took us. Exactly. I want to play uh, Crown of Torn. You've been 
Collected dust of its own
the cabin boy the dirty little nipper he lined his ass with shards of glass and circumcised the skipper oh brother Matt okay we just heard uh, Crown of Torn from Cardamona then uh, Noom Abismo from Vermes de Limbo out of uh, Brazil M.B. Jones Biggest Sweet Potato Anthems of the Void with the Collector Reveals Alex Zhang Hongtai Perot the Doers with What Gives, and finally Asleep at the Heel, Joe Cardamona. So, so little. Uh, I had I had lunch with Alex yesterday. Wow, dirty yeah. bitches. He's how, bitches. How strange He's back is that? in town, huh? Because he He's was in New in York town. City. He was all around the place, right? He moves a lot, dude. He moves a lot, but well, I he's, think he's, he's trying I to think settle he was down. Doing these gigs that were uh, connected to this movie he was part of. Yep. Yep, he's he's always doing cool shit, man. Right. I love that guy. He's really working the tenor these days. Yeah, he is. He is. See, he he as well had a hand accident that kind of incapacitated him for a minute and oh, has shit. to. Well, I remember one time yeah. he locked himself out of a pad, so I had to jump out a window <laughs> and broke his heels, <laughs> like in Berlin uh, or some shit. Yeah, like jumped really? out of a fourth story building to get out. <laughs> Yeah, he's, Holy he's a tough. Shit. I mean, he's a big, strong guy, but he takes blows. I love exactly, him. exactly. I love the him. bigger they are, yeah, right. Uh, you know, asleep at the heel and crowded tour. A little bit of a pun rock, huh? <laughs> you know, it's been. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 been hard to like kind of describe. 
the material and words to people. You know what I mean? That's why you make it a music and a song, Joe. Exactly, but that's you know that's like a, exactly not what people want from I your know. mouth. You know, they want they want the one liner. Like it's they, this. Like they want to go in the museum or the gallery, and instead of looking at the picture, they want to look at the description. Exactly. <laughs> so that so that they have like guidelines to look at. The right, picture. right. You know. They're, all, I, they're actually not worried about whether they like it. They're worried about whether other people like it. Totally. <laughs> I, I mean, it. You know, context always helps, which is why we, like me and my boys, did a bunch of films with this stuff because I knew that description is going to be a little bit of a tricky thing this time. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we thought, okay, let's like widen the scope and try to make some films on this shit. And uh, hopefully that's been effective to give context because honestly, uh, with music these days, it seems like the more context you hand people, the better. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, for whatever that's you're, worth. You're referring to the, it, uh, it, uh, well, the line uh, who's the guy who flew too close to the sun? Oh, Icarus. Yeah, the Icarus line, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I don't want to get there yet. I still want to be in your older days. Like, okay. Like during school, uh, the yeah. Catholic school stuff. After school, did you do the garage, bedroom, uh, basement band? Yeah, school was tough, man. Well, not you in know, school. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about during those years, but not in school, outside of school, like after school. It, as soon as I had an instrument of my own, yeah. I coerced my only close friends to get instruments as well and uh, was almost instantly uh, doing originals because I sucked at covers. So, yeah, we were I was already trying to, like, you know, pawn off some half-baked song ideas as soon as I could hold an instrument. You're talking about the Seville Les Paul cop. For sure. Okay. For sure. And who did yeah. you get on board? Your best buddy? Yeah, I mean, it started with childhood friends, like these, the Whitworth brothers that, Uh like, I just grew up with who had, like, probably zero musical uh, aspirations or ability, but they were bodies in the room. And short (laughs) thereafter, uh, Alvin de Guzman, who was a grade school friend of mine, uh, I actually asked Alvin, we became friends because he was quick as a whip, this little Filipino kid, quick as a whip and a smart ass. And I, I saw that he could draw, so I was like, hey, man, you want to draw the, dem- the demo cover tape for my band? Which I had no demo or band or anything. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. And so a week later, I kind of hit him up like, how's that cover coming? And he's like, you know what? Fuck the cover. I bought a bass. And I was like, really? Whoa. Uh. Yeah. And we hung out, and he knew like every Led Zeppelin song in a week. It was just like, all right, what the fuck? He's in the band. Yeah, he was. He was the band. You know, it was like, okay. wow. And what, and what was this first band called? Um, I mean, which week? Which day of the week are we talking? You know? <laughs> there was there was a different name all the time. Okay, okay. What yeah. what, what about was their first gig? Yeah, probably at a house, like a backyard party. Sure, Kegger. You know, uh, we've we probably. Uh, you know, I think it was eighth grade, you know, okay. so everyone from our class 
hung out. We put lights up and tried to make it look like it was something. And check this out. The drummer who we had been jamming with, who was in our class, decided not to show up the night of. That's great. And I was like, uh. fuck. <laughs> there was this high school kid that I always heard playing drums on that same street. Yeah. And every day I'd be like, man, that kid sounds great. He probably was trash, but to me, it was like, this is amazing. Someone sure, knows sure. how to play. I cold knocked on his door the day of oh. and was like, hey, man, are you the drummer? We got a gig tonight. Would you just come do it with us? And like, he said yes. And that Whoa. was wow. it. And that was the first gig. Well, wow. did you have a name for that gig? I don't remember. Okay, that's okay. Was it scary? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I, was, I do. <laughs> no concept of like what singing in pitch or any of that shit means. Yeah, right. You know, it was just like, can we fool everyone enough to clap? <laughs> did you have a set list? Oh, hell yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and did you get around to making a cassette demo? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we did. We did actually. We did. We ended did up Alvin recording. Did up making the art and playing the bass? I think we made the art together on his like first generation Mac oh, wow. <laughs> and Xerox machines. You know, it was I'm like sure, we were sure really high did. tech. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, <laughs> Mr. Know? James did one. Uh, what were they called? Amiga. Yeah, that and, kind and, of shit. Andy Warhol did uh, ads for Amiga. I remember Amiga. Yeah, right. Like Atari 2600. Sure, days. sure. That's the company, Atari, right. right. Yep. So, uh, Pong, right? Yeah. Pong is Atari. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what's the fate of this band, Joe? Um, we we all get it, go to different high schools because I was barred from going to the same high school as everybody else because... Our, the faculty didn't like me sure. so they were like we got to split this guy up from his friends i swear to god it was like this straight up hit job so <laughs> they sent me to a school across town yeah everybody else went to another school but that didn't do shit we still jammed and that's kind of where uh you know canker sores our high school sort of punk band was born was canker sores yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bad you know Way for, that. <laughs> <laughs> Way that. so that you know? so, so canker canker sores was born okay canker sores was born they can put you in yeah. different schools but they can't split you from the canker sores oh hell no hell no so the canker sores they go on to do gigs make recordings I mean, so many gigs and so many recordings. I, I put more effort into that at that point in my life than probably anything I've ever done in my existence. You know, Whoa. we played every weekend. We played three shows wow. for years. Yeah, um, we recorded a full length album, you know, in a day while we we're, you know, studying for whatever and uh, put out a CD, I think, sophomore year or junior year. You know, ourselves and senior year, I think, is when Todd Congelier, you know, we made sure. we made friends with that camp is when he kind of uh, signed us to Recess Records. And we. OK. Yeah. But you're, yeah. you're a little too young for the Vexes. There was four Vexes. I do kind of remember that, though. And there was a guy named Joe Vex ran it. And uh, Minutemen played a lot of them. I mean, they, they weren't even around by Firehose. <clears throat> But you were doing three gigs a week. That's pretty amazing. That's bitchy. 
we were doing, you know, uh, we were doing, what was it called? Showcase Corona. We oh, were yeah, doing, yeah. you remember, we were doing Frogs, <laughs> yeah, frogs. in uh, right. Torrance. Right on yeah. Hawthorne. Angel's Gate. We would a lot of South Bay shows because one of <clears throat> the members of the band was from Torrance. Ah, and Todd originally was <clears throat> Torrance. You know, he ain't really Pedro. It, exactly. But he's exactly. Pedro enough now. <laughs> he right. Was an original. Uh, there was this uh, whole he, thing in the '90s, early '90s, called Porch Core. They were on Fourth Street in Gaffey. Oh, a couple I, that's the house I worked in. Okay, that's probably where you worked, right? right. Yep. Yep. Uh, That's the spot, did, did and Kate a lot just, of the shows were DIY. Of shows course, that playing I right in the on. living room. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and we're talking out of state touring bands. Yep, for sure, for sure. You. Yeah, it was it, it, it was kind of crazy because uh, we were like seventeen years old, but you know, Stormy Shepherd and kind of big agents like that would call us for shows because the bands could make more money half the time playing some weird coffee shop that we coerce into letting us do a one-off gig, sure. you know, and keep the dough. You know, that's so, where I found uh, Raul Morales. He was playing with the Leeches. Hell yeah, I remember I the Leeches. I saw him playing. I, was, I, was, I want that guy in the band. So I was touring so much, I didn't even know this scene was <clears throat> happening in my own fucking town. <laughs> right. Right, it was popping off though. Right. It, it was. And what about was, you guys really as far as touring? Did you get in the van? We, uh, yeah, we owned about six vans in the span of six years that all cost <laughs> nine hundred bucks each. You Out know, of the recycler. <clears throat> totally, totally, or someone on the street, whatever, whatever it took. You know, we were. We could not take a hint, you know what I mean? Like, destiny would slap us in the dick, and we'd be like, oh, okay, we got to try harder, you know? So we just we just couldn't take a hint. It was, like, insane. But, yeah, we did do some touring, but this was before the Internet, so it was all through Maximum Rock and Roll, Book Your Own Life, shit like that. Yeah, you know? I'm, a, I'm a little cold, familiar. Cold-calling people, you know what I mean? Basically, and sending demo do, tapes. Uh, in, uh, in the fall, I'm going to do my, if you call a tour more than a month, my 67th one. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, May 30, 2019. Just walk Pedro, show special guest Joe Cardamona. Hold tight for hour two. May 30, 2019. It's the second hour. Walk for Pedro, show. Welcome back. I'm Jason Bentley, and I hope to sit down with a great musician. Instead, hey, I'm joined by... Hey, take it easy, man. Take it easy. <laughs> Just kidding with you, man. Yeah. You still have the beads of sweat from yeah. being on stage. It was hot. You're so cool, dude. You're just like naturally smooth. I even watched your performance. You were smoking a cigarette, like so casual. Yeah, I'm trying to quit, man. It's a bad habit. It's a really bad habit. So, uh, how did this start? I mean, whose idea was it? I don't know, man. I guess uh, I was sitting at home freaking out because uh, the rent was due, and I figured, yeah, I better. Uh, I better get my shit together and start popping some new tunes off. You are known to, to have a good time, right. but when it comes to the music making, it's yeah. serious business. It's serious as a heart attack, man. This is the shit. This is all I ever done. American Primitive, Holy War. Um, it's funny uh. because I would never consider you a pop band. Why not? But you kind of took a whack at a pop song. Yeah, I guess you could say that. 
Wait, why do you say that? Uh, was that an experiment, and did the experiment work? No, no, this isn't an experiment, man. This is uh, the truth on ice. It's basically a life soundtrack. Uh, you want to give us a little uh, preview, a little taste? Yeah, fuck it. Sing a couple songs for us? It no. ain't nothing but a hound dog crying all the time. Yeah. Uh, you do have a full-length scheduled, and obviously you're playing a full set of songs. So is the album done, done, recorded, finished? Yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. That, that shit is tied up with a bow, and uh, I don't know. Keep checking your mailbox. So there's clearly a very strong aesthetic. Uh, the sound matching the, the look, uh, the image, and everything. Was that just a natural process in dialing that, that feeling in? I mean, I didn't try to think too hard about it. I just, like, slipped into it, and uh, we turned on the camera so that we could start making that Holy War movie and making the record and making the collection. Make something new. What's that? Make something that feels a little bit different. We love you, man. Thank you for coming through, spending a little time. Yeah, Here, jump on my lap while what? I throw it to the next, uh, next thing. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for 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 well,
all coming true I've got my love to give And a place to live Guess I'm gonna stay It'll be a peaceful life With a forever wife And a kid someday Where it's early nights And pillow fights And your soft laugh and bruise and skate and go around and win again. Roll a girl, roll and spin your wheels of flame and you can jam and block and knock them down and come around again. Roll a girl, skating girl, you set my heart aflame with scoring the points, fantastic jam and win my heart again. Roll a girl, you roll and roll and show them what you're really made of. Uniforms look really nice when you fill them out. You flesh with a smile and you... Knock them down and get it on now and roll a girl, you roll.
little boat in the lake. And then we'd head down to his joint, down on Cedar Avenue. You're gonna be okay, kid. There were guns involved, sure. Boys were playing cards back there with old Coke machines and other crazy scenes. And there was this one man who liked me. And he used to say, Stand by. Thank you. 
את הנמלה הזעירה שטילה לאורך הבטון החשוף ועצרה לפתע את מסעה, הסתובבה ושבה אל עקבותיה. את התהדקות זמורות הגפן אל מות השער, כאילו כלום.
So stop, just can you Being sad, being broke Being high and being woke I put the cake, a bag of snakes I crashed my car, you were in the way Eating pills, you were in the way Watch for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with Chase and Bentley. Joe Cardamone. <laughs> and then we had Negative Example doing Disney Girls, 1957. Live TV broadcast. Vicious Circle with Beach Girl. That's uh, Jack, right? T-S-O-L. Before T-S-O-L. Synthesizer, man. Joe Brewer. Rock and Roll Girl Roll. Rock and roller girl role. I think it's for skater girls. Uh, Joe, uh, this is, is a Jack Brewer's cousin. Yeah, yeah, he does the uh, nice. roller derby. Loves it. Yeah. Loves it. And then Zero Dent out of Perth, Australia. Nice. Soul Mender. $75 bill with Earth Saw. Anthropomorphic everyday objects by Roosterhead. They were Strong Beach, but now I think they're Inglewood. People moving in. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a new town. Right. And right near. I used to live in Inglewood. I was going to just say about uh, Loyola Marymount. Yeah, that was between the freeway and the forum. Okay. Right under the flight but path. Then that's, uh, yeah, people moved close to the water, too, right? Uh, yeah. You have a flight path. <laughs> <laughs> Run around nice naked in your backyard, try to cause plane wrecks. Scream <laughs> <laughs> your lungs out of here, one fucking word. <laughs> Uh, Duo Decimal System with Dance, Lucy Leave from hi- uh, with his- History Teacher, Farther South in a Moment, and finally Joe Cardamona with Let's Pretend Again. Okay, so how long do the Kinker Sores end up existing? Um, I would say basically four years of high school and. Right out of high school, our drummer passed away, and that was pretty much the end of that uh, era of the band, or that name of the band. Wow, pretty young. Yeah, yeah, uh, very young. Yeah. So, 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 so where, where did your music direction t- uh, turn in? I think, you know, things had already started evolving uh, away from what the canker sores was, we were kind of on like a hiatus, mostly me probably retooling what was going to happen with the art of it all, you know? And, uh, during that hiatus is when Tim passed away in a like acid fueled car wreck in the middle of the desert. And, uh, after that, you know, when you're that young and you kind of, you lose someone, well, it was the summer that Joe died from FYP. Oh yeah, Tim, Tim died. 
Yep. And also this guitar player we were close to, Phil from Naked Aggression. All three of them died within like a month span of each other. Yeah. So I spent that whole summer going to funerals. And after that, that's kind of how the Icarus line was somehow born out of that. You know, there was like this, uh, you know, kind of this summer of tragedy. And basically that, that, that I guess that kind of pushed the envelope on like, okay, uh, time to double down on this. And I quit all my jobs and took whatever little money I had and kind of invested it into making that thing be what I was doing. And did some of the guys move on to this project? Yeah, Alvin, basically everyone, basically oh, okay. everyone that was in the Kangasaurs, uh turned, it, it kind of, you know, morphed into this new band minus Tim, who had passed away. So it really was kind of the same band, even though it didn't really sound like the same band. There was, you know, we kind of shed a skin or something like sure. that. And also maybe a different drummer, man. Who, who was the new drummer? Uh... Yeah, that was like a that was like a month to month thing, um, <laughs> you know, because Tim was so sick sure, sure. and a friend. So you know, you can only imagine a, a bunch of eighteen year old drug addict dickheads who already think they're too good for the world uh, auditioning people and being like, "This guy can't hang." And that went on for about uh, I don't know three or four years, you know. So there was probably ten drummers until. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was like that until we found the captain, and then it was like, oh, this dude's a fuck up just like us. Come on. Okay, okay, and uh, you know, you end up with this kind of piece, right? This opera. Yeah. It didn't start out that way, did it? The, the band. It was songs first, right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I. You know, are, are we talking about the new thing? Well, the new word. Yeah, the newest. Last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the newest thing, uh, you know, it's weird. Death has been a catalyst in my life a bunch. Yeah. And uh, this thing didn't really find its way completely until Alvin had passed away yeah. from cancer like two years ago. So it was this project of experimentation up until that point. And really, like, I didn't really plan on ever releasing it. And to be honest, after the Icarus Line broke up, I was kind of thinking to be done with music altogether just because it's not really a lucrative thing for me the way that I do it, you know? It's not it's not always been lucrative, you know? So trying to figure out how to uh, move a seven-piece band around the world and, like, make a buck doing it, it's, you know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, know, but, and I thought you like kind of improvised on the idea by going man alone. That's that's basically w what happened here. Was like you know, uh, I don't think I can do that anymore. But I might be able to do this on my own. And really, like the idea behind it is as simple as this: I could go on trips and play shows. And bring whoever I want with me instead of whoever I have to. Okay, sounds. Good. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, what's what's the quote, brother Matt? Uh, Necessity's mother of vengeance. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. That. And yeah. uh, well, that's great, you know, because yeah, when it starts raining lemonades, <laughs> get the picture yeah, right. <laughs> Take your vitamins or whatever. Take your vitamins. And you know what? Right now we got Brother Matt to bring forth his man alone. Cool.
songs can be sung with two lips, two lungs, and one tongue.
to like watch a crucifixion, you know? I mean, really, really, that's what it was. They were praying for his downfall. They were like looking at him, so waiting for him to up. fuck up so yeah, they could catch it on their phone, you know? And this is what I witnessed. And it was yeah. like, I already got one foot out the door. Seeing this was just like, I, this doesn't resemble what I got into music for. I'm out. Yeah, I don't blame you, Jim. Look, we're at the you end know? of the second hour, May 30, mm. 2019, Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guest, Joe Cardamona, Brother Matt. Hold tight for hour three. May 30, 2019, it's the third hour, the Watson Pedro Show.
Live from Pedro Show, we started the third hour off of Deadbeats. I thought it was Believers. That's next. Hmm. <laughs> it's Deadbeats, which was part of the Big Icarus line. Uh, Dagger Moth and Philippe Petit with Ovaries. Yeah, that's Italy, France uh, collab there. Zill with uh, The Girl in His Dreams and then Dead Before John. Uh, <laughs> Dead Before Dawn by Joe. Glad and, Dead uh, Before John is kind of a better name. <laughs> You're back to that pun rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or Juan. You know, you, you know, you did this tour, the, the Man Alone version, in yeah. Europe, right? Correct. Last year. What, what was that like? Well, uh, Mark Lanigan That's hit right. me up about doing something together and coming out on the road, and he threw me on his bus, you know, because I'm a, I'm a cheap date at this point you know it's just me in a suitcase sure. and uh it was actually right near when alvin passed away and i was kind of like i don't know if i'm like ready to do this in front of people or whatever i haven't really done it much so i asked him if i could bring my little brother who's a chef and just all around awesome guy you know so yeah. he's like yeah I, I got a bunk for your brother and we went out and i have to say like uh, you know i took screaming trees on the first two tours did you? Yeah, I wouldn't shit you, Joe. I'm, I'm, I, I know that. I, <laughs> I, uh, I met Mark when we did some tryout gigs for Queens of the Stone Age, and by tryout gigs, I mean they had heard about the Icarus Line and said we could open up for a couple shows, and if it went well, we could be on the rest of the tour. You know, right. and then uh, the shows went so well that we didn't get the rest of the tour. <laughs> <laughs> it went too you good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the wrong kind of good. <laughs> they didn't want to choke on the smoke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark has got a righteous voice, man. He's, got a, a he's got a God-given gift. Yeah. You know, that's what and that is. You know? oh, he had man. to stop his tour just recently. I hope things are okay. He's, he's all right. You know, uh, on even on that trip, I think he had torn his ACL or something mm. fucked, mm. and he can he made it through the whole tour on on a goddamn fucking. Wow. He had a cane. I yeah. saw that dude pulling himself up the stairs every day, like yeah. you know. Mark's Mark's fucking tough as fucking yeah, nails, yeah. man. But he's 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 great. He's he's a great he's a great person. And so you did that tour as a as a co-pilot as a passenger. Basically, yeah, I, w I was a barnacle on the fucking edge of the bus, you know what I mean? Right, so, right, uh, but w when it came to being on stage, how'd you deliver the, these musics that we're hearing now? It was me, yeah. uh, a 20-foot screen projecting some films, yeah. some sort of uh, impressionistic films that loosely related to the music and a track, and I just had to sing it like, you know, like uh, Bowie singing Heroes on fucking... Uh, top of the pops or some shit you know what i mean it was it was like that you know like i'm the only living living breathing thing in this production so uh you know the it became such a, a sort of like significant changer for me i really kind of understood some things about singers that i admired um that i had never really known before you know how to really hold a tune in a stage and kind of what the pressure was and what it means to like really really give people 
everything you you've got no matter what the cost you know no matter what uh you know even if it takes a chunk out of you every night and it surely did you know i almost quit the tour a few times because i mean it was just you know it was one playing that music the stuff you've been playing today on your show felt feels like and still to this day you know feels like it's taking a fucking chunk out of my side when i perform it you know it's not because it's uh physically demanding you know and i'm bashing myself up against a wall i did that for 20 years no problem you know split my head open no problem this the vulnerability involved in kind of delivering what these need to be to come off as a performance live and to be actually compelling is uh some other shit that i had not yet experienced you know because you're talking about the motion yeah the motion uh, just I had that of, with my first opera, four tours of it. I just couldn't do it anymore. It just it beat me up. Because you're su- you have to summon something that uh, that is a heavy weight to carry in front of people, and they have to uh, commune with you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so you know you're really you're really kind of uh, spending spiritual energy in a way that maybe. I hadn't before. Let's put it that way. I hadn't done it like that, you know, and been that vulnerable in front of people. Always had a band. Always had a wall of noise. Always had a fucking wall of armor in almost between. Like, almost me. always had a crutch. Yeah, they were. They were. The crowd was the enemy the whole time I was in yeah. the Icarus line. You know, so it was like, yeah, rules of engagement for war. Those are easy. I have orders. I can go out there. I could take a fucking knife. You know, uh, this is something where I actually have to welcome, you know, uh, the viewer inside to what is really actually going on. Well, let's let's listen to believers. Yeah. 
shot dead.
days get away Just to make room for the night If you're asking what's the problem
Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Joe Cardamone with Believers. Robert Pollard with Return of the Drums. He's going to do a hundred song set at the Roxy for oh. New Year's, brother. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> He's working on his 104th album. <laughs> Fucking <guy>. hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then the click, no, this click with Gazoan live Twisted Noise Association with Straight Reekin I guess <laughs> Reekin <laughs> Reekin <laughs> right. and Unit F with Heather She Don't Want to Fight by Evil Hearted You and finally Took the Money Joe Cardamone I, I, I can't pronounce his first part 4FG cross dollar sign dollar sign Got some kind of emoji shit going. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's, it's hacker lingo. <laughs> Joe, where can people find out about you on the internet? Uh, Google. Okay. Is there a Joe uh, website? Yeah, I think the main website at this point is uh, American Primitive, which is just uh, kind of like a art collective that uh, AmericanPrimitive.com. Dot org, I think oh, it is, AmericanPrimitive.org. American yeah, yeah, it's like a place I think the... it's important because it's kind of your fanzine. Yeah, uh, yeah it uh, is. Parallel, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas the other it's... thing, shitter, instant ham, fake look, that, that's just telephone poles to hang. I'm... Yeah, it's to hang your flyers on those telephone poles. Exactly, so I'm terrible your own little that shit. Thing. What, 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 what is the next plan? Well, um... Let's see if I get released from jail this year. You know, if I do, then I'll do another tour. Um, no, I don't know. I, I have about 30 more tunes in the can right now. That and then what would you call these tunes? Are they Icarus Line? Or are they <clears throat> no, the Icarus right. Line okay. is dead. I'll never do it without Alvin. So that will okay, be gone okay. forever. Uh, it's... You know, it's the same sort of uh, spirit as the last batch of stuff. Uh, yeah. I haven't really... Told anyone the title, but I think it's called Skeleton Joe, you know, and, and that's, Joe. that's that's a good one. <laughs> you know, and it's that's got a good ring, that, good feel. It's all right, you know what I mean. So that's kind of that's kind of uh, where I'm at right now is that, and then trying to work on putting another feature film together, you know. Yeah, we should tell people there's a film called The Icarus Line. Yeah, the Icarus line must die. It actually played last night at a theater in Orange County. I didn't go, but Mike, like uh, Gro- uh, the Dirty Laundry. Grodner. Yeah, Grodner. Great That's cat. Right. Great yeah. cat. How how'd you mm-hmm. get connected with him? It's weird, man. Like through Dirty Laundry, I think, okay. and he ended up coming to visit me at the studio while I was making the last Icarus line record, and would just sit in on the dailies. If, if that's what you can call them, kind of hear the mixes and sure. things as they're evolving. And, uh, you know, we would talk about life, blah, blah, blah. And he would always kind of scratch his head and just be like, you know, we should make a movie about this. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't see why anyone would give a fuck about my life. 
and eventually he coerced me into it you know he was like do it and i was like okay fuck it and the first day he shows up to film and i figure it's gonna be like him and an iphone and all of a sudden there's like 20 person crew at my studio (laughs) and people are expecting me to be an actor i was like oh shit (laughs) and then we made a film i gotta see it man i can i can I'll send you a link. I got a, I got a link. I'll please, email you a link. Please, yeah. because uh, I'm just curious as all hell on how he did it. He came over my iPad to film me chowing. You're making a breakfast <laughs> chow and then go paddle kayak. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We're, we're kind of film brothers there, Joe. Fuck yeah. Yeah, thank you, Michael Dirty TV. Joe, it's been righteous having you aboard. Good luck in your next adventures. Yeah, I'm glad we made it happen. Yeah, but you come on and talk. When you get this next album done and they don't put you in jail, you come on, let's talk about it. Yeah, I want I want to come down to Pedro because it's been way too long. So, you know, I definitely want to come down. Waiting for you here at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point. That sounds awesome. People, it's been May 30th, 2019, Dishawap Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.